0: like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against Him. I see the enemy coming like a Today's message, the second coming of Christ. And now here's Bishop Caldwell. From your Bible to the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 6. John's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to call your attention back to verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many abiding places. If it were not so, I would have told you that. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you have authority. There you may be also. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the first mentioning of the Lord going away, and of the Lord coming back again. Here, the Lord speaks about the rapture of the church, whom a lot of people want to say that the word rapture is not in the church. I really don't split hairs with people. When you know and know that you know, you know that the word caught up is the Greek word hapazo, It's the word rapture, but we'll get to that later. This is the first mention that came out of the lips of Jesus about him going away to prepare a place. And he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I'm going away, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now... We're going to back up in just a moment. Go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 10. Acts chapter 1 and verse 10. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's my effort here on this beautiful God sent Sunday evening to prove who Jesus is, that he is who he says that he is. And in order for us to get this proof positive, it will give us more blessed assurance that we're talking about the same Jesus. Very important. I tell your neighbor, this is very important. Because there are many Christs, many false Christs have gone into the world. And the Lord said, don't follow after them. In Acts chapter 1, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, after he had tabernacle here with his disciples, For 40 days, on the 40th day, this is what happened. In verses 10 and 11, Acts chapter 1. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, ye men of Galilee, that's the county that Jesus was from, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Here we go. The same Jesus. I need some help in here. Uh huh. the same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He told his disciples, I'm going away, but I'll be back. These angels in white apparel say that same Jesus. Hey, wait a minute. Not another one. The same one that you see go away from here. Is the same one that's coming back. So I submit to you that when he got up there, he took that seat at God's right hand. He is God's right hand man. And he's going to sit there on his father's throne because his throne is in Jerusalem, which has yet to address his presence. So I submit to you that same Jesus That suffered, bled, and died. Went to hell and got the keys. And came back the third day. Is the same Jesus. That's very important. That is seated at God's right hand. Far above all principality and power and dominion. In every name that is named. He is seated that high. High above the heavens. And he's going to sit there. Until his father... Sends him back. Okay, now. Jesus was sent by God the Father to redeem us. So we're going to take a quick biblical run right quick to show you how very important this is about the second coming of Jesus. But I need to explain a few things about his first coming. Because there can be no second coming until we understand, uh, well, until there's a first coming. Well, he's already come. He came over 2,000 years ago. God sent him. He finished the work that he was sent to do. Nobody can save us but Jesus. Nobody can redeem us but Jesus. Nobody can be our representative before Almighty God but Jesus. Nobody can be our advocate. Our mouthpiece and glory for us but Jesus. Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3 is the first promise that God made to man. And that's a very, very, very important promise. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Let me start at verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The first one to preach the gospel right here was God. And God is saying that the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. And the serpent is going to bruise his heel. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent in resurrection. This seed, this child, this one that would come would be the Christ. Hallelujah, somebody. He would be the Christ. He would be the Messiah. Because the name Christ means the Messiah. The anointed one and his anointing. So it's not but one Christ. And when we talk about Jesus, Jesus means Jehovah has become everything I need. He's my salvation. So I submit to you that this Jesus is in fact the Christ. Because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not made anything that was made. And Mary had a little lamb. And that Word became flesh. And that's the one that God sent to redeem us. Jesus Christ. Jesus the Messiah. So now, Jesus Christ was sent by God to redeem us. When man fell, God says, listen, don't despair. I'm going to send you some help. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Now, we got to remember that when God made that statement, he clarified down through the centuries, and at every checkpoint, every messianic psalms, every proof of the text... At different points in human history, God made it known that he was talking about the same promise he made to our foreparents, Adam and Eve, that I'm going to send you some help. And when he comes, he's going to bruise the head of the serpent through resurrection. And the serpent is going to bruise his heel through cruc- through crucifixion. And I looked that word crucifixion up. No, I wrote it down today and I discovered something. The word crucifixion has three eyes in it. I ought to tell you something. You can't spell crucifixion without one eye, two eye, three eye. (laughs) I'm ready now for the ushers to come. I'm telling you. Man, this thing is deep. Watch this. Go to Matthew 16 13 through 16. Because it had to be proven that God would send the one whom he said that he would send. Many have come in his name. But they were not him. They were not him. So God did this out loud and on purpose. How many of y'all know if God said it, he's going to do it? Amen. If he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. You may have to wait a minute. Huh? Huh? Get a cup of cappuccino and wait a minute. Get a cold drink and wait a minute. Get a glass of water and wait a minute. Because if he said it, he'll do it. And if he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. God says, I'm going to send y'all some help. And he didn't say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. But how many of y'all know every promise of God in Christ is yea. And in him, amen unto the glory of God by us. I feel like I got a preach coming on. Oh, yeah, man, I'm so excited. I could jump through a troop and jump over a wall. Oh, hallelujah. You in Matthew 16? All right, look at verse 13 through 16. When Jesus came into the borders of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say. You know, somebody always talking. Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Don't you listen. Underline that. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, you are the Messiah that God sent. You are the one that he promised back in Genesis 3 and 15. Now, if you're struggling with Genesis 3 and 15, you will never be in a position to accept Matthew 16, 13 through 16. Because if he's not the Christ, then who is he? Christ, the Messiah, the anointed of God, the one whom God has sent. Now, Christ was born at the right time in human history. And this is something we have to understand. The evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. In the seventh day God rested. And he hallowed that day. What am I saying? God, what he does for us, he does it in a time frame. And it's a day of the week attached to it. And it's a year attached to it. That's the time that we were born. God knew it. Because we were chosen in him. Before the foundation of the world was laid. God knew when we would be conceived. God knew when we would be born. And he called us out of darkness. Into his marvelous light. And he told us to go into all the world. And share the good news. So Jesus Christ was born. At the precise appointed time. That he should have been born. And watch how God orchestrated this. Without a man, it would be a virgin conception. Without a man. And behold, a virgin shall be with child. God orchestrated that. That's very important to understand. So so it wasn't waiting on anyone. It was just waiting on God's timing. How many of y'all know his timing is perfect? He may not come when you want him. But he's always... On time. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said unto him. Blessed art thou Simon son of John. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. But my father who is in heaven. Now wait just a moment. God revealed to Peter. That Jesus was the fulfillment of Genesis 3 and 15. And it's not but one Christ in the Bible. Are you ready? So Christ was born at the right time, just like we were, in human history. You got it? We know our birthday, but do you know your born again birthday? Because that's the most important. Now listen to this. I want you to go to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Jesus was born at the right time. Listen. In human history. God became a man. In the person. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. And there were in the same country. Shepherds. Abiding in the field. Keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo an angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were very much afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Buddha can't save you. It's got to be Christ. Mohammed can't save you. It's got to be Christ. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now I won't read this out, but those shepherds went to where they were instructed to go and they found the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now watch this. The second coming of Jesus would take place just like, or it would act just like, the same schedule that God used to bring Jesus into the earth's realm. Let me explain that to you. The angels appeared to the shepherds, keeping watch over their flock by night. Told them to go into the city of David, which is Bethlehem, and you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. When those shepherds went there that night, It was the night that Christ was born. And they saw the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But that was a secret gathering. I ain't got no help in here. That was was not in public view. And that's the way the rapture will be. It won't be world recognized. It's going to take place in private. Uh Uh-huh. It's going to be a secret thing. They'll look around and will be gone. Now, that was the private aspect of the birth of Christ. And then when God got ready, he did a public display. Can't you hear John Baptist saying, look there. There you go. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. It went public, but it was private at first. And that's the way it's going to be. See, there's a difference between the rapture and the revelation. See, at the revelation, every eye shall see him. And they that pierced him shall look upon him. That's the public display. When the Lord Jesus comes back after seven years after the rapture. But the rapture will be a private secret thing for the born again, raised from the dead and the living change, and we are caught up to meet the Lord in air. That's the invisible aspect. That's the rapture. But then when he comes in the revelation, every eye going to see him. And they that pierced him shall look upon him. So God is duplicating the effort to show us that the birth of Jesus and the shepherds coming to the manger was a private affair. But when he walked 72 miles to be baptized by John in the Jordan River, it became a public affair and after he was baptized the following day John pointed him out. Anybody here know the Bible except the preacher? Now Galatians the fourth chapter let me break you off a peace let me show you something. God is just thank you you took it out of my spirit. G-U-U-D, baby. He's good. Now we're getting ready to get down to the brass and tacks in the nitty-gritty. In Galatians, the fourth chapter, verses 4 and 5. We're going to read these verses together. Are you there on page 12, 6, 8? Okay, now watch this. Are you ready? Read. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, a long time, this is what we have learned about this verse of scripture. That when the fullness of the time was come, now that was after the promise in Genesis 3 and 15. And this was before Christ was born. So when the fullness of the time was come, We've been told down through the years that it was the perfect timing because it was the perfect language, because they were speaking Greek. And Greek, the language of Greek, has so many different um, definitions to terminology. Like in the Greek, the word love, okay? We know that God is agape love. But then in the Greek also, there's a word called storge. That's family love. Then we have phileo. That's brotherly love. So the Greek language was not just what it was all about when the fullness of the time was come. So we got to move off of that. That's too small. That's too little. That ain't big enough. We must take on a prophetic world view. To understand what God is saying When he said when the fullness of the time was come. It doesn't mean that Mary now is nine months. That's not the fullness of time that's here. The fullness of the time that is here. Is the time that God had through the prophet Daniel. Had prophesied. When Christ would be born. Now we know about the prophecy in Malachi. Not Malachi. About the prophecy in Micah. Micah said. That God is going to raise up a governor. And that he's going to come out of Judah. Bethlehem Ephrathah. This is where the Savior would come from. We got that. But a lot of people. Don't understand that when the fullness of the time was come. God's word. Clearly declared what a whole lot of folk don't even know yet and don't understand, is that the man was mapping out a particular time that started in human history. See, Christ is man. He's the man, Christ Jesus. So God had orchestrated the very day that he would be born. But he, not played it off in a bad sense, but he he played it off of the time that Nehemiah went to King Artaxerxes and requested some help because he had been told when he was at the palace in Shushan that the walls of Jerusalem, I ain't got no help in here, had been torn down and that the people were in disarray. And so Nehemiah being King Artaxerxes, cupbearer, requested a leave of absence to go back to Jerusalem and put up the wall. Go to the book of Nehemiah. Still with me? Now don't forget, now when the fullness of the time was come, what time was that? We're going to find out in just a minute. What time that was. I need for you to go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. And verse 1. And it came to pass in the month Nisan. In the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king. That wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it. Unto the king, now I had not been sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very much afraid. Why? Because you don't come to work like that in the presence of the king with a long mouth. I wonder how many of y'all be fired in the morning with them long heads. Today's message, The Second Coming of Christ, FC 2675 FC2675 is now available on CD for only $10 and it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318 938 or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net Now the question is, will I do will I let There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, Come. The Father says, Come. The Holy Spirit says, Come. And I say, Come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Look at the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are... Will I... Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, seven four eight zero Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, seven eleven nineteen. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, seven four eight zero Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, seven eleven nineteen. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again, right here on Know Your Bible.